people to head back uh, overseas here November 2nd. God, we pray that you would be with them, that you would uh, line up all the tickets and, and the, the visas and the passports. God, we pray for safe travel, that they would be able to get through all the uh, border crossings and, and all those different things and get to Warsaw uh, as, as quickly as possible. Lord, as, as you know uh, all the different issues that they're going through, Lord, we pray you'd help them provide housing uh, once they get to Warsaw. Lord, we, we pray that you would help them to learn the language as they've known Russian, but, but now they've got to switch to Ukrainian. Lord, we pray that you would give them wisdom, uh, that they would be able to learn this and retain this faster than they even think that they can. God, you'd help them to learn the Polish language as well as they're just going about their, their daily business, that, that you would just bless them today. We pray that you would be with their families. God, we, we pray you'd be with their daughters as, as Lord, that's a, a, a great prayer request on their heart is that their daughters may know you and serve you. And so, Lord, we, we pray that you would move in their family. And God, we, we pray for great ministry opportunities as they, they work with refugees, as they work with young adults, that you would just open up doors as they connect with those who are refugees that perhaps they knew in Ukraine. And, and, and God, we just pray that you would move powerfully through the reeds. So Lord, we, we thank you so much uh, for these missionaries that we get to support each and every month. Pray your blessing upon them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying. Thank you for praying. And uh, just want to say, uh, Stan, thank you so much uh, for taking the time, and, and uh, I know you're up here on behalf of the board, uh, but, but thank you so much for, for taking the time to tell some embarrassing stories about us, and uh, it did love me some Power Rangers as a kid. I was the Green Ranger. Uh, I'd show you my moves, but I don't want to bless you too much today. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, but no, I just want to say I, I'm so thankful for the team that God has brought together. Uh, God has really brought together an amazing team, and, and, uh, and, and man, each and every week it's fun to come around the table and just hear the ideas and hear the heart and hear the winds of what God's doing in our kids' ministry and youth ministry and worship ministry and in, in, in guest ministries and in, in every, every part and facet of the church. And I just believe that, man, God's got something big planned for AFA. You guys believe that? God's got something big planned for our city, for our communities, and he is just getting started with what he wants to do. And uh, so I'm just so thankful. Thank you guys for uh, taking the time to, to honor us today, and, and we are just honored and blown away. We, we get the privilege to serve, uh, that this is what God has called us to, and, and uh, we, we look forward to serving for many, many, many more years together. Well, again, this is Missions Month today. And I'm excited for what God, God's doing. Obviously, we get to uh, see some more updates like we just saw from the reads of what God is doing around the globe, just kind of to raise awareness uh, for uh, what God is doing, how we can participate. Uh, when you uh, mark your offering envelopes missions uh, each month and, and you give, all that money goes to those 40-plus missionaries out there on the wall that you can see, the missionaries and ministries that we support that are making a global impact. And so it's amazing to see how we can partner with, how we can give greater awareness to the needs and the prayer needs of our missionaries. Uh, but this month has also been specifically to look at the mission that Jesus has called us to, the, the mission to go into all the, all the world and preach the good news to all creation. And so as we're looking at Jesus' mission, what he came here uh, on this planet to do, why he had to die, why he had to, to rise again, we look in Luke chapter 4 uh, to see his mission, kind of a fourfold mission statement. Uh, and uh, he 
gets the scroll of Isaiah, right? And he, I don't know, what do you, do you call that when you're looking in there? You scroll down in the scroll, right? And he, so he scrolls down to uh, a little ways and he finds a specific page, passage that he reads out in the synagogue that day. In, in Luke 4, verse 18, it says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So far, we've looked at this month, uh, Jesus' mission to proclaim good news to the poor, to, to set, tell the gospel uh, that there is a way, that there is freedom to those who were overlooked. He said that he, uh, last week we looked at, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Jesus wants to set people free. And this week we're going to look at the third part of his mission, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. And when you look at the, the Greek word for this word oppressed, it means to be broken by calamity to be broken by calamity. We're talking about the hurting this week, those who are overlooked, those who are oppressed, those who are just kind of going through the ringer. And, and that's what Jesus came to do. He said, I came to proclaim freedom, to set at liberty, uh, to give freedom to those who are oppressed, who have been broken by calamity. If you look around our world today, there's a lot of, lot of calamity. Right? There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of broken. I mean, you just turn on the news for a little bit. You just read the newspaper for a little bit. Uh, you just scroll through Facebook for a little bit, and you'll see, man, the disasters and, and the atrocities that our world is facing. We're facing wars. We talked earlier about the, the war in Ukraine, that our missionaries can't even go back to Ukraine because of what's happening there. They're, they're pivoting and going to Poland. Uh, we see uh, the war in Israel right now between, you know, Israel and Hamas and, and all the atrocities and, and civilians who are being injured in, in all of this war. And we, we see the hurting and the broken. We look around our world a little bit more. We see gang violence. We see drugs, uh, not only uh, in cities in America, but in countries that are completely devastated uh, by gangs. We see drought, we see starvation, we see contaminated drinking water, we see terrorist groups, you know, all these different things we could go on and on. I mean, look at the natural disasters that have happened just this year, earthquakes in Morocco and, and in Turkey, uh, floods that happened in Libya and, and China, hurricanes, tornadoes, cyclones, uh, wildfires that we've experienced right here in North America. And how many ha have have lost their lives, how many have lost loved ones, how many have, have lost income, and, and how many have, have lost the, the basic needs for survival, right? And we look around this world and we see the oppressed, we see the hurting, we see the broken, and today we want to take a moment to say, what can we do about it? What, what should be our response? How, how should we respond when we see the oppressed, those who are hurt and broken by calamity in our world? So today, if you got your Bibles with you, I want you to open up to Luke 19, and we're going to see how Jesus responded to the hurting, to the broken out there. And to give you a little context as you're, you're flipping to Luke 19 today, we pick up the story, and, and Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. 
He's coming into Jerusalem. He's at the end of his ministry. Uh, the disciples really don't know that that's what's going to happen, even though Jesus has kind of told them. But he knows at the end of this week that ultimately he will be crucified, that he will be put on a cross, that he will, he will die. Now, as he goes into the city, it's, it's quite a different story at the beginning of the week. You see, uh, he, he has his disciples go and get him uh, a colt of a donkey, right? And he rides into the city uh, on this colt. And, and while he does that, people are, you know, they're waving palm branches. They're saying, Hosanna. They're throwing down their cloaks. And, and he's riding in there. It's called the triumphal entry, right? It's an entry fit for a king minus, you know, it was like a, a humble way to enter in for a king. Uh, but he comes in, riding in, and people are singing his praises. Uh, they, they are saying, uh, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, right? Everything seems to be good. Everything seems to be wonderful. You know, people are, are believing Jesus is going to come in. He is going to be our king. You know, this is where Jesus, this is Jesus's big moment. This is going to be great. They're celebrating him. And as he comes in, he sees the city of Jerusalem. And he looks out over the city, the capital of Israel, the place of the temple where the presence of God dwells, and everybody's singing his praises. And what do you think his response would be in this moment? Where do you think his focus would be in this moment? What do you think is going through Jesus' mind as he enters the city and people are singing his praises? So we, we get a glimpse of it in verse 41 of Luke chapter 19. It says this, As he approached Jerusalem... And saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another. Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you uh, that you want to speak to us through your word today. God, may we be attentive. May we listen to what you want to speak in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we see Jesus coming into the town. This is an exciting time, and this is a moment when the world seems to be watching him. All eyes are focused on Jesus. Again, this is a celebratory time. People are excited. They are declaring him king, and, and it said in that moment, he saw, his, he saw the city, and uh, if, if you were to kind of look at the map, it said he went from Bethany to Bethphage, and, and, and so to, to do that, to get from that journey to Jerusalem, he would have to go through and over the Mount of Olives. And as he's going in from the Mount of Olives to enter the city, he would have this great view over the walls of the city. He would have this great view of the temple. In fact, this is the, currently today the view uh, from the Mount of Olives that you would see over the walls of the city. Uh, obviously, the temple that he would see is, is not there, but you know we've got the, uh, the nice gold-looking one over there. And, and you could see the city in there, right? You could see what's, what's going on in there. And so Jesus had this great vantage point, this great point of view to take in the whole city. And it says that Jesus's response when he saw the city was to weep. It was to weep. 
I mean, again, you've got all these great things going on around you, but yet his response was to weep. Why did Jesus weep? Why did, why did Jesus cry? See, he wasn't weeping. We see here, he wasn't weeping because he, he knew the pain that was ahead for him. And a lot of times you'd, you'd maybe think, oh, man, Jesus knows the pain. He knows the torture that he's got to go through. He knows that he's going to have to endure suffering, right? That even though this moment is great, he, he knows that it's going to get rough. But it, that's not why he wept. That's not why he did it. In fact, as we, we read, he, he weeps because he sees and he prophesies over the city. The city is spiritually blind. He weeps over the city because they don't get it. Here he is, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. He is with them there, and, and they, he, he's got the answer for all of their problems, but yet they ignore him. They don't see him. They reject him. And he sees the pain that it's going to cause. He, he sees the hurt that it's going to cause. In fact, he says he sees the destruction ahead. He knows what's coming because they've rejected him. He sees the pain that they are going to have to endure in their future. He prophesies that the city would be taken in war. That even the children, even the innocent, would be lost. And that prophecy came true just about 40 years later. In the year 67 AD, the Romans arrived and they set up a siege, in fact, on the Mount of Olives, right where Jesus was, was standing. And in 70 AD, they put down the first Jewish revolt and the city is destroyed along with its magnificent temple, right? This, the, this place that they built for the, the one true God, which was one of the most magnificent buildings in all of the Roman Empire, right? And, 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 and so this destruction was coming and Jesus saw it and he knew it and they didn't see him. They didn't see what, who he was. They didn't see God even though he was in the flesh right in front of them. And because of that, because they rejected him, destruction was coming. They missed God right in front of them. So Jesus wept that day because he cared for the lost souls. He cared for the broken. He, he cared for the calamity that was going to come. He, he cared for the brokenness of the people. So let me ask you this morning, when was the last time that you wept? When was the last time that you wept? Right? Just, just think about that for a minute. When was the last time that you know, the waterworks just started flowing? Maybe it was because you, you were hurt. Maybe physically or just emotionally and man, it was painful. Maybe it was a mistake that you made and you just, you went home and you thought, how am I ever going to recover from this? How am I ever going to get back? How am I, you know, maybe uh, something happened to you, somebody hurt you and you just thought, you know, it's over. My reputation is spoiled. What, what am I going to do? Maybe, maybe you felt bad for somebody else and you just, you know, you, you've got... You know, you're just a responder. You just think, oh, man, you know what? What's going on over there? I just feel so bad for me. But maybe the last time you wept was when you saw this commercial. Um, this one aired about 10 years ago. Every hour, an animal is beaten or abused. Anybody seen this commercial? I call it the sad dog commercial, right? And uh, they just show abused animals and all that. It was a fundraiser. You know, and they, they gave you a number, you know, can you call this number and, and helped an animal that's been abused? And, and clearly people wept over this thing because they raised $30 million in the first two years that it runs. 
$30 million because they showed animals that were beaten and abused. Now, we're all wired a little bit differently. When I see this video, I don't weep. I mean, I've never been connected to an animal really in my life. So I'm just sitting there like, that dog looks just fine. You know, they just put it in slow motion. You know, there's nothing wrong with that dog. You know, um, you know I'm just thinking, you know, you know, hey, there's a nice lady. Uh, she, she's figuring out. They put this sappy music to it, and they try to make you feel really bad about these animals. But I'm thinking, no, they just caught that dog while he, his leg was asleep. You know, that's why he's limping. You know, look at, look at that guy. That's a cat. Who cares? You know, just, you know, you've got some of you agree. They just put a bandage on that guy, right? They're just trying to get our money. You know, they're just trying to make you feel bad. Some of you guys really love animals. I'm sure it's a good cause, right? But, but for me, I, I don't know. I just don't weep over that. But let me ask you this, and you can cut to the next thing here. That's enough sad dog video. You can only handle so much. Let me ask you this. You know, if we can weep over a video like that, how much more should we weep over people who are lost and broken? People who we know are, are destined for destruction. Again, that statistic that 3.4 billion people in our world today have never heard a, a, a presentation of the gospel. How much more should we weep over people? How much more should, should we weep over the city? When was the last time that people have brought you to tears? When's the last time that you wept over a city? When's the last time that you wept over a nation? When's the last time that you wept over the injustices that are happening in this world? Sometimes we can just feel so disconnected, you know, like, well, as long as it doesn't hit, hit me. But no, this is personal because Jesus called us to go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Jesus came to set at liberty those who are oppressed, those who are broken by calamity. So we, may we be like Jesus. May we weep over cities. May we weep over nations. May we weep over injustices. May our hearts be broken by people. See, Jesus saw the city and he was moved to tears. He saw pain and he saw heartache. And he saw the destruction that was to come. And even though it was a celebratory mood all around him, he wasn't sitting there just, you know, taking in all the praise. His heart was for people. His heart was broken for people. Now, maybe there are some people in this world that you feel sympathy for, right? You feel empathy for them. And, you know, you can weep over them, but, but maybe there are certain people that you just, you've got no mercy for. You see them and, and all you see is evil. All you see is the destruction that they've caused or you don't agree with their politics or, or whatever it may be. You know, they're like the cats of society. You know, nobody cares about them. And, and so inside of you, you just have, you have no mercy, right? And, and, and you just think they're getting what they deserve. But I want you to think for a moment. And Pastor Chloe, if you'd come. I want you to think for a moment. When Jesus saw the city, right, and who he, he wept over, who he cried over, he, he cried over the children whose lives, the innocent whose lives would be lost. He cried over, you know, probably the, the lepers and, and people that, you know, were outcasts in society. He cried over the shepherds. He, he cried over the hardworking families. He, he cried over the priests who served in the temple of God. 
you know who else he cried over? He wept over those who were corrupt authorities in Jerusalem. He, he wept over the guards that would nail him to the cross. He wept over them. He wept over the tax collectors who cheated people out of money. He wept over the Pharisees who would stir up the crowds. He wept over the, the merchants who were selling things in the temple that he would very shortly be flipping over their tables. See, Jesus didn't just weep over the, the innocent, but he wept over the guilty. He wept over those who destruction was coming because he saw there's a better way. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he, he died. That's why he rose again so he could offer us new life. Whether we consider ourselves innocent or guilty, at the end of the day, we're all guilty. We're all guilty. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've all messed up. That's why Jesus wept that day. First off today, may we not miss the point. May, may we not be like Jerusalem. May we accept Jesus. May we see him for who he really is. May we realize that he is our Savior. And may we serve him. And church, may our hearts be broken for people around this world who don't know him. People who are hurting. People who are oppressed. Th today, when you walked in, along with your bulletin, you received a little story. You received a, a story, and these stories cover a range of different things. Uh, you'll see stories of people who have been oppressed in Asia, in Japan, in Ukraine, in Angola, the Middle East, East Africa, Vanuatu. You, you'll see stories uh, of people who, you know, are, are maybe marginalized, people who are disabled, people who are refugees, people who are in crisis from natural disasters, people who have been persecuted, people who live in remote villages. And so today, what I want us to do, the way I want us to close is, is perhaps you've read it already, but we're just going to give you a moment in the next few moments here, in just a minute, just to read through that story. Read through what God is doing around this globe of, of people who are hurting and also how, you know, our Assemblies of God missionaries are responding to those needs. So I just want you to, to take that, read it, and I want you just to begin to pray over those people to begin to, to pray for, for even greater things to happen. You might see a little story of a victory that's happened, but I believe there are many more victories to come. Today, may our heart be moved by people. May we weep over cities. May we weep over nations. May we weep over injustice. So would you just right now, would you take that out? Would you begin to read? And... Uh, and once you're done reading, I just want you to, let's just begin to pray. Right where we're seated, you don't have to move or anything, but just begin to pray for that group of people. If you don't have one, maybe your neighbor can share it with you, and uh, you guys can read that together. But let's just take the next five minutes, read through that story, and let's, let's pray over them. Can we do that? All right, go ahead.
pray right where you are. Pray over those people. Pray over the oppressed. Pray over the hurting. Those broken by calamity. Pray for more victory to happen. For more good news to be proclaimed. For more healing. Supernatural healing. The blind eyes would be open. The hungry would be fed. The church would grow in spite of persecution. you to take those, take those home. Let that be just a reminder of what's going on in our world. We may have some extras available if you want to grab some other stories just to see what, what's going on, but our world needs Jesus. As we sang earlier today, our world needs Jesus. Jesus is the answer for every problem that the world has. So may we weep over our city over the nations. God, give us eyes to see people the way you see people. To see the, the hurting and the broken. Oh, let's pray one more time today, Jesus. Jesus, break our hearts. Break our hearts for people. God, may, may we not just see the exterior, but God, may, may we see 
them, the person you created, is one of a kind that is your child that needs a Savior. No matter what labels we want to put on them, no matter what labels the world tries to put on them, God, may we see them as a person who needs a Savior. God, we see the calamity that's approaching. Your word says that the wages of sin is death that we are destined for hell. But the gift of God is eternal life. And when we come, when we ask for forgiveness, God, you set us free, you make us new. We're no longer destined for hell, but destined for heaven. So Lord, may we be able to share that with every person around this globe. God, help us to, to pray. Help us to give. When you call us to go, may we respond. May we follow. We trust in you today. Break our hearts for peace. On our mission to love God, to love people, and share Christ. Break our hearts for your precious creation. Pray for the nations this week. Pray that God would do something miraculous. Maybe God will speak to you a way that you can care for the hurting and the broken. Have a great week.